This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today is not our full-time Liverpool correspondent, both home and away, James Pearce. He is currently in Evian, running up a hill, getting a very sweaty back in the pursuit of actually watching Liverpool train, for which he's failed so far, unfortunately. However, I do have with me Christian Walsh. Hi, Christian. Hello, Ian. Also, Paul Ghost. Hi, Paul. Hello, Ian. And the smallest member of the sports desk, Joe Rimmer. Hi, Joe. That's true, is it? It's not true, because I'm taller than James, for a start. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm taller than James. You're Um, the smallest person in this room, though. I'm taller than Christian. All right, big man. It's all right from up there, isn't it, for you to cast down and judge. He's not even on a high horse, he doesn't need a horse to be high. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Anyway. thank you. Coming back to reality, uh, it's a very special podcast, uh, this edition, because we have been asking you to ask us questions, basically, and we're going to try and get through as many as we can. We will start then, crack on, with a question from George. Hiya, George. Let's say hi to George. Hiya, George. Uh, He's got a two-part question, which is quite good, actually. First part is, let me read this, of the four summer signings, which is best placed to help us bridge the gap to Manchester City? I'll ask you that one first, Joe Rimmer. Oh, you come straight to me. You, you asked that question looking in an opposite direction. So I, I, I it's, was a barely, question. Was barely, <laughs> it's a no-look question. It's a no-look question. Uh, yeah, no-look question. Oh, um, I'm going to say Naby Keita. I'm going to say Naby Keita because I, I just think, I know everyone's going to think the goalkeeper and whilst I agree that Liverpool did need to get that sorted, I just think watching him in pre-season, he's looked so good. I think he'll give Liverpool an extra dimension from midfield. And it, Yeah, I, I just think that Liverpool lacked that a little bit last season, especially after Coutinho left. Um, yeah, so I'm going to say Naby Keita. Do I need to go into more detail? No, you don't really, yeah. because we've got quite a few questions yeah. to get around. Yeah. Um, Christian, who would you say of the four? Who's going to help bridge that gap to City? Uh, it's Keita or Alisson for me. Um, Which one then? I'd probably go for Keita, under the proviso that he is as good as everybody says he is. I think there is a little bit of a... People have jumped the gun a little bit with Keita and expect that he is going to hit the ground running. Um, you know, He's a cop player and oh, he was great in the Bundesliga and it'll translate immediately to the Premier League. There's there's no there's no guarantees of that, but from what you see in pre-season, albeit pre-season, he looks a really good player. The way he's been feeling, he makes Sturridge look a better player already. Yeah, so, you, yeah. you know, you can imagine what he's going to do with Salah, Mane and, and Firmino ahead of him. But, you know, if I can cheat as well and say uh, Alisson... You can't cheat, feet. I'm afraid. Okay, just Sorry, have, you can't then. Thank you. Paul? Uh, well, as much as I'm looking forward to seeing Naby in the Premier League, I'm going to go with Alisson. I just think it's just... It was like an aggressive pursuit of, of fixing a weakness, really, wasn't it, by Liverpool? To pay £65 million for a, a goalkeeper and just completely shatter the world record. I think expectations are really high on him. And I think if he is the uh, the, the player who, who Klopp clearly thinks he is, then I think that, that'll be the biggest... Uh, the biggest improvement. I mean, I'm going to go with Alisson as well, simply because the the improvement that they're going to have in goalkeeper from what they've had in the past is hopefully going to be bigger than what they'll get from yeah. midfield with Kate. I mean, Kate will make a difference and he'll improve them, but the, there will be more marked difference with Alisson and goal than maybe Mignolet or Carius. Anyway, the second part of George's question is, which summer signing will be the biggest surprise to the rest of the league? Paul, I'll start with you. It'll be Kate, I think. Um, I think... I mean, Fabinho is going to come in and he's obviously a lot more defensive-minded, so I don't think he's going to shock anyone in terms of ability because, you know, holding midfield is as important as they are. They don't always catch the eye, do they? But I think not everyone's going to know what Navigator's going to be able to do and, and from what we've seen and what we've been 
what we heard and before even signed for Liverpool is he can do everything. Um, so I think he'll probably be the, the surprise with the rest of the league. Christian? Yeah, I'm going to go for Fabinho, but sort of for the reverse <laughs> reason. Yeah, we know, we've, we've done this before, haven't we? Yeah. No, I just, I just think that he's going to take a little bit of time to adapt to, to the Premier League and to Klopp's ways. Um, and I think maybe he'll surprise Liverpool fans more because I think people are expecting him to usurp Jordan Henderson straight away and I don't think it'll work like that. I think you'll see Henderson play plenty of games alongside Fabinho as well as instead of Fabinho. I just don't feel... I think everybody's been clamouring for this DM and a lot of noises from France say Fabinho's a really good player and you know he's had a few nice little glimpses in pre-season but it's clearly that clear to me that he's still getting up to speed and Klopp said it himself in public he said you know Fabinho's going to take a little bit more time than Keita so I think it's going to be Fabinho I think he'll surprise people just you know how he doesn't make a sudden impact I mean I, I think it'll be Keita simply because there's an awful lot of people out there who don't really know what kind of midfielder he is they're not sure. You know, some people think he's box to box. Some think some think he's a, a holding player. I think I've been reading about that. But you've seen in in the game so far that he's able to pick a pass. Certainly, he's able to drive a, 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 a opposing defence. And I think he'll be somebody who will surprise people simply because they won't know how good he is. Christian, you're pointing at me. Incredibly, in the you know in the, in the betting for for PFA Player of the Year, he's like fifth. Which really? which would really? say to me, yeah, which, which which says to me that people would expect them to be incredible. You've got you've mm. got De Bruyne, Salah, uh, I think. Well, Blackburn uh, are tough opposition to be fair. Exactly. Well, you know that, that's obviously where all the money's coming from. But yeah, I just found it interesting that he's, he's so high in the bet, and so people are obviously expecting something from him. Joe, who would you be be the player that you think might surprise everybody else this season? New signing that is. This has worked out quite nicely because I think it might be Shakiri. I think. People just expect him to come in as a backup and you know to come off the bench every now and again. But I think just judging by his performances in pre-season, he looks like he's got the bit between his teeth. And I think he could come in and score a few goals. And um, especially as he was relegated with Stoke, I don't. I think the le- expectations on him are a little low. His fever's low, so um, wouldn't surprise me if he plays a little bit more than we, we expect and and does very well. Um, he's certainly got the technique and his um, his eye for goals good and. Yeah, I think it might be Shakiri. Yeah, fair enough. Thanks for your question there, George, or questions. Uh, next one is Jed Westcott, and I'll start with you, Paul. Uh, he's asking, could this turn out to be the most complete squad on paper, or are the 2008-9 or 2000-2001 squads still ahead? And bear in mind, we are asking this before the event, yeah. so we don't know how it's going to pan out, but if you're looking at potential at the start of those two seasons... Which is better, the current squad or one of those two? I mean, it's it's difficult to look back, isn't it, to to the two thousand one season on potential because you, you look at what they achieved and they just they had players they had two players for every position didn't they? They had mm. Emil Heskey who had his best ever season for the pool. What a player. Michael Owen. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on, just just a second. We'll come back to we'll come back to you, Joe. We'll come back to you, Joe. We'll let you get excited. Mike, about Michael Owen, who was you know arguably the, the best striker in Europe at the time, and then Robbie Fowler as well. So Lippmanum. Lippmann as well. You know, Gerard Hulia had, had so many options um, <laughs> up front. Jordan, that, Gregory Vignal. And he, he went on to, to win the trophies, didn't he? And I think it's a bit... Christian I, Zieger. Sorry. I've, se- I've seen quite a lot of... Christian Zieger. Yeah. Eager to answer the Christian question. Zieger. Christian <laughs> 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 Paul Paul can't give an answer. Um, I've, I've seen Let quite the big man talk. <laughs> I've, I've, what was I saying? I can't remember. I've seen quite a lot of people talk about... Um, Know, this is the, the best squad of the Liverpool's Premier League era, and I think un- until they actually win something, I think those statements need to be kind of reined in a little bit, as exciting as it is. Well, it was a question rather than a statement, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, okay, well, I, I'll, I'll say that the, uh, the, the 2001 uh, team of, uh, of, of 
They've got some way to go before the Eclipse that squad, I think. I would, like to, I, would, I, would like, I would like to thank Paul there for being very professional while everybody else is following <laughs> no, around, around him. Well done to you, Paul. You're not just tall. Christian, you are eager to answer. I am very eager. Can I, you remember what the question was? I can. And I, I, <laughs> what I think other people don't remember is how weak Liverpool's squad was in 2008-2009. They hadn't been at Elzard and David Enko coming off the bench, yeah. ultimately. So when we're talking about squad depth, I think this one, you know, you look at Shikiri, a fully fit storage, maybe Lalana. I know obviously injuries have, have, have denied Liverpool the opportunity, but even someone like Oxlade Chamberlain, Fakir, if he would have came, there's the F word again, but he would have been a, a, a potential uh, bench player. So when you look at the, the squads between 08 and 09 and, and, and the current day, then it's, it's no contest. 01, well, 2001 treble winner side. Yeah, I mean that was a that was a pretty special. You think about that midfield with Gerard, Herman, Murphy. Uh, who else was there? You've forgotten. Stephen Gerrard. Gary McAllister. Gary McAllister, of course. Yeah. But I mean, wow. You know what that had as well was the blend of experience. You know that youthful exuberance, different types of ball players. Somebody who could stop in Herman. It was just a, a, a real Hesky, of yeah. course. <clears throat> Sometimes drop off and play in the hole. Um, played in the left. They played the left. Did, yeah. So I'd still think the 2000-2001 team is is probably better squad-wise, but maybe that's just because we've seen what they were capable of doing, and maybe this club could, this side, this iteration could um, could do better than them. I mean, in terms of potential, I'd say the squad that they've got now is probably better than those two squads. But for, the but youngsters for me, as well. But, yeah, but for me, that maybe if you're talking Premier League era, the 2005-6 squad was probably yeah. better and should have done. It, yeah, lacked, it lacked a striker, like yeah, a real source, yeah. that's what it lacked, and obviously mm. they rectified that with Torres the season after. Joe, Emil Heskey played in 2000 and 2001, <laughs> and I know you want to talk about him for a little bit, so a uh, question to you then. Is this squad potentially going to be stronger than the 2000 or the 2008 squads? I think Christian was right about the 2008-9 squad. It wasn't actually that strong a squad. It was a, it was a really strong starting lineup, but the squad itself... It was, on, it was on the thin. slide after uh, Hicks and Gillette coming, yeah, hadn't they? Yeah. So they kind of they were starting to have an impact on it. I think Ben Ayoun was the one go-to, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. Babel as yeah. well. You know, that it, was, was it was more the spine, wasn't it, with, with that era? That, that right throughout the middle, yeah, right? yeah. Rainer, Carragher, Gerrard, Alonso, Mascherano, and then, and then Torres. But yeah, I think that, that was a really strong team. But I think squad-wise, I think 2000-2001 was a hell of a squad in terms of, two, like Paul said, two players for every position, four forwards, Absolutely brilliant four forwards. Emil Heskey, obviously, that we've mentioned a couple of times. Did you mention Emil Heskey, Paul? I didn't, I should have, no, shouldn't I really? Yeah. Should have, yeah. Did you mention him, Christian? No. No, did you? Yeah. No, I did not mention well, Emil well, Heskey. Well, I am. Anyway, but yeah, great, 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 great squad. Um, 2006 was a good squad, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a good, good shout, yeah. Um, but this one, I think, just has a bit, perhaps better individuals. Again, I don't know. It's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because you, you can't really judge these things before the season because. Once injuries come along and you know certain players might lose form, you might not judge them as much. But going into the season, I think this one's as strong as the 2000-2001 one. It's difficult to judge potential from something yeah. that's already happened, if that makes sense. Because we know what 2001 went on yeah. to do and, yeah. and 2009. But it's certainly an exciting squad, yeah. The other thing as well is that we were all babies back then. I mean, Dory was about I 30, yeah. you know, so he can probably remember what the... the, the, the in, 2000, was, in, in 2000, I was 24. Ah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No wonder you've got no air. Christian's not got any air either, you know. Yeah, but I'm just stressed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, enough of that. Next question from Thomas White. 
And he says, because he's clearly an avid listener, and in fact, he responds to Ghosty on this one. He says, oh. I know I know you have briefly spoken about the goalkeeping department in the past on pods. We, honestly, we have. Uh, but with Alisson's purchase, is it now time to invest in the department as a whole and look at restructuring it, Joseph Rimmer? The department. Look at look at the goalkeeping department and restructure it. I think he's basically saying is now the time to. Build they've already got rid down. of got rid of Ward and are they going to get rid of Carries and Mignolet's that question again? Yeah, I think so, and I think that they probably won't have much choice, will they? Obviously, Mignolet wants to leave. Um, whether they then decide to sell Carries, um, I've got a feeling they probably make him stay put at least for another year. But yeah, I think he's absolutely right. I think, I think they'll look at Grabara and or Kelleher as the third choice and try and bring in perhaps a more experienced sort of, you know, been around the block, yeah. second choice goalkeeper. Um, Who would that be then for you? Oh, just off the top oh, of your head. In fact, we'll ask the question for everybody. That's a really difficult one, isn't it? You, you, you're thinking about someone... That Joe Hart. Joe Hart would be all right. I wouldn't, but that's the name that came to Pe- my mind. Petr Cech? But someone like a Joe Hart Pepe or Reina a Czech, before he went yeah, to Milan. Yeah. Mm. Someone that, that's coming to the end of their career. But it depends on wages and stuff, doesn't it? But yeah, and and you know, I, I always wonder whether people like that are hinting on coaching as well, because mm. you, yeah. you, you can imagine that a lot of people go, "Oh, it's Akterberg's fault," which I just think is the absolute biggest load of no swearing, no swearing, rubbish, nonsense, whatever. Um, I was going to swear, I was going to swear, but it, it is, it, it, that, I'm not having that, um, Akterberg's very... I think the thing about Akterberg, you, you talk to the goalkeepers, you talk to like people who are at Liverpool, and he's so highly rated, and he's he's not got like he's not got some hold over every single yeah. manager, from Kenny Dalglish to, I think he was there when Rafa was there, so from Rafa so, to Kenny to Brendan Rodgers to Jürgen Klopp, he has got some sort of weird hypnosis over all of these well, managers. Well, he, he, was, he was quite keen on getting Alisson in, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. What irritates me as well is that Pep Linders was there under Rodgers. You don't, I don't see people going, oh, Peplinders is a, is a, has been a problem. They just like that the Peplinders is quite a... Let's face it, John Akterberg, if he hadn't have played for Tranmere, I don't think we'd be having this conversation He now. was decent at Tranmere, though. Do you think if his name was Pep? If his name was Pep. Pep Akterberg. Yeah, Pep, yeah, Akterberg. Pep Akterberg, I, I think he'd be more... He came as a highly rated young coach from whatever country people would be talking highly, Paul, highly of him. Paul, question to you, and the same question. Do Liverpool now use this as an opportunity to overhaul their goalkeeping department? Or, as Joe has said, they haven't got much choice? Yeah, well, they haven't, have they? I mean, it looks like Mignolet is going to be going. Um, James Pears has reported today that Liverpool are kind of having a rethink over his price, but you'd expect him to leave before the deadline. It remains to be seen what's going to happen with Carius, doesn't it? Uh, that, that's a really interesting one. But I think, you know, this is a big chance for Grabara and, and Kelleher to kind of step up and and show uh, show Klopp what they're made of. Um, obviously, they'll have the most expensive goalkeeper in history uh, in front of them, but um, it's a good opportunity for them. But um, I, I think if it is a, a huge overhaul, it's just because they've been left with no choice, really. Christian, just a quick yes or no, because I think we're all bored talking about the keepers now. Overhaul, yes or no? <laughs> yes. Thank you very much. Next question from Craig Dargy. I hope I pronounced that right, by the way. Don't worry, there's even worse ones coming up later on. Uh, who names? Takes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit harsh. Well, that, well, they will give themselves stupid names on Twitter, you know what I mean? Oh, has he, has he made that one up? No, no I think that's, that's his real that's name. Craig Dargy is his real name. Craig, it's nothing wrong with it. It's a, it's a good name. Craig it's a solid a good name, name, isn't it? It is a good yeah. name. Anyway, who takes that third midfield spot next to our new boys in midfield and how would it work? And the second part of that, Christian, is are we relying too much on Daniel Sturridge saying fit? So the first question is, who's going to take the third midfield role, presumably against West Ham at the start of the season? Mm, so, if we... Because yeah, mm. that's assuming Fabinho, and I know you don't think Fabinho's going to play. 
let's just assume that Fabinho and Cater are going to play. So who's yeah. taking that third slot for that first game? I didn't say Fabinho wouldn't play. I said he wouldn't wouldn't be sort of the the, the, the main man. Wouldn't be man. ready. Yeah, yeah. He wouldn't be the main man. Um, okay, so I think Fabinho and Cater will play, um, and I think it will probably be James Milner. I think he'll go for that sort of. I think he'll look for Fabinho to hold. I think he'll have Milner in that Shutland number eight role, and I think he'll maybe push Cater on as the. The, not as the number ten, but the more advanced of the of the, the Oxley Chamberlain, if you will, of the of the midfield three. I think it'll be Milner. Joe? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it'd be Milner. I think as well, the experience. If he's gonna play two new lads in there, he's probably gonna want a more experienced head. Um and who better than James Milner. So yeah. Yeah, James Milner. Paul. Yeah, I agree. Uh, as much as I'd like to see it be Adam Lallana, I think it will be James Milner against West Ham, yeah. I agree. I think it will be Milner for all the reasons that you've said. Okay, next question. Hold on, uh, sorry, oh, the Daniel Sturridge yeah, one. Sorry, yeah. Daniel Sturridge. Next question is going to be the Daniel Sturridge bit. I'll start with you, Christian. Uh, Are they relying too much on him? Basically, reading between the lines. Do they need, do they need striker? a striker? I, yeah. think, I, do, I think they do. But I think it's hard to find one in the, in the current market that will do the job that they need to do. Can Solanke not do it? No. I think we can guess that Origi's not going to do it. Origi won't. I, I very much doubt Origi will be here by the end of August. Um, Danny Ings, likewise. I, I think he'll be here by the end of this pod. Mm. It, it, if Rian Brewster, the problem, this is the problem. Rian Brewster is uh, is set to to be part of the squad, but he, he could be out up until Christmas now. So Liverpool don't really want to spend money on somebody who might impede his eventual development when he comes back. So I can see why Liverpool aren't doing it, but I just think if if Daniel Sturridge does get injured and there is no reason why he should, but there's no reason why he shouldn't, given his, his previous history. It leaves Dominic Solanke as your first choice as a central striker. I know obviously Mane or Salah could go into the central position, but in general, I just feel Solanke has had a season, and I think he's developed slightly, but I still don't think he's necessarily the right fit for this team at the moment. So I do think it's a case of fingers crossed with Daniel Sturridge. I mean, I think they should buy a striker, but again, well, who, who, how, who's it going to yeah. be? How it w- I don't know, it's a strange one, really. You Paul? go for Gomez on a loan. There's one. <laughs> Paul? Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, for all the, the strides that Daniel Sturridge appears to have made, he's only one session, saying a session away from pinging his hamstring and, and missing 10 games, isn't he? And that leaves Liverpool really short, especially if the uh, the offload of Rigi. But um, I don't think, I think Klopp kind of hit the nail on the head last week when he said they don't need him to play 50 games. And to be honest, I think Sturridge was fit for most of his, of his campaign at Liverpool last season. I think it was only when he went to West Brom. That he got injured, and that was unlucky. And I said that was during a match situation, which can happen to anyone. Yeah. Plus, he was—he would have been going to a different kind of training regime. And I think Liverpool have now got so well yeah, tuned they, to they, how they to look tailored, after him. Yeah. Tailored his, his requirements, won't they? And, and they'll be looking after that even more carefully this season. So um, I, I can kind of see—is see, it Craig? Craig is asked the yeah. question. Yeah, I can see where Craig's no, coming no, from. Was it? Was it Craig? Yeah, it was yeah, Craig. I don't think they will be buying a striker anyway. I'd rather cross my fingers with Daniel Sturridge than put my eggs in. Brigi's basket. Is that, wow. That is a proper scramble of metaphors <laughs> yeah. there. Um, Could you repeat that again for us, please? I'd rather cross scramble my eggs. fingers with Daniel Sturridge than put my eggs in a Rigi's basket. And that... That, <laughs> <laughs> that should be like a, a, a Twitter bio, actually. Um, hang on, let me just wave to Liam. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I actually think the reason why he will trust Sturridge is because if someone does get injured, I think we'll see Salah play up front a lot more in a central position, or even Mane, and you can move them around and by buying Shakiri and having yeah. Lalana mm. hopefully fit is that you can you can 
juggle it a little bit, can't you? So I don't think it's particularly just relying on storage to play when Firmino doesn't. I think I think you've got a few more options there, including Solanke. Um, so that's why I think he will go with storage. Or by Mario Gomez on loan. Yeah, we've got to ask which Gomez you meant. Savio yeah, on loan, remember that one? Mm-hmm. And uh, Benitez was after him. Yeah, always. Hmm. Anyway, next question, Paul, this one's for you, certainly straight off, given that this has been your area of expertise over the last week. Wayne Fox Jones, don't know whether Fox is part of his name, but there you go. Why hasn't Fabinho got a squad number yet, and are they waiting to move one more in? Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very curious case. You know, I think it's a strange case. Yeah. Strange, so, strange situation. Do you mind nope. if I nip out for a bit and come back whilst Gorsty finishes this one off? Because he's going to be here for a while if his article's anything to go by. <laughs> well, Can you sum it up very, very briefly? He yeah, doesn't know. Basically, uh, Fabinho's been wearing number three throughout pre-season. Uh, he's worn number two at Monaco. And obviously the number two is currently held by Nathaniel Klein. So he's been wearing different numbers in, in training, as need 21, I think was one of them, which is Oxley Chamberlain's. Um, and he hasn't actually been listed as given a squad number on the club's official website. So it just uh, some people are wondering whether he's going to... He's waiting for Simon Mignolet to leave so he can take 22, but uh, at the moment he hasn't got a squad number. I've seen a new theory that he's going to take number three, actually number six, and Lovren's going to take number three. Where did, where, where's that one come from? I don't know. You can have whatever what, he wants. What, what, doesn't really matter, does it? It doesn't. And also, literally with the squad numbers, I mean, Alisson's wearing 13, so, and I know we said, well, is that a hint? But, I mean, with that, they just it's just a case of AR lads is get a top on for training. You know, they're only going to get a sweaty, aren't they? It doesn't really matter what number's on the, on the thing. It doesn't really matter what number he is, unless he's got some massive, like, number two's lucky number and he's absolutely desperate, then, you know... Doesn't matter. But then Nathaniel Klein didn't have two on his t-shirt, and that, that just sent the conspiracy theory. Just because it was in the wash. Yeah. I think he doesn't play for Echo anyway. FC. Yeah. <laughs> Next question from not Subway Jared, which I think we'll leave the name there. Um, what player do you think might have, or be the most likely to have, a dip in form this year? Christy, that's an interesting question, isn't oh, it? Oh, you come to me first. Yeah. There is a second part to this. Oh, it says, on, also, how is Klopp preparing the team for the inevitable target that will be on their backs, both in the league and in Europe? So, two-prong question. First bit, which players is primed for a dip in form and how are Liverpool going to cope with being targeted this season? Prime for a dip in form is... Notice how I stretched this out so you could have more thinking time. Andy Robertson. Um, Nod from Joe Rimmer on this side of the room. I, I, I've just gone through the, the whole. You can't start with the new lads because they can't have a dip. Because my initial thing was Fabinho. Um, but <laughs> you can't let him give him a chance. I'm, only, I'm messing. I'm messing. It's just he, me. He's just, not messing. Just me gimmick, isn't he's, it? He's not messing. Um, he's the new Emery Chan, basically. <laughs> so basically, you can't pick any of the new boys. I mean, you're talking about dips. I don't think. I mean, obviously from a very high base with Salah, Mane. And Firmino, so they're maybe naturally going to have a dip. But I'm talking about maybe a visible one. I just think Andy Robertson played so many games last season, and he he was so good that I don't know why I'm saying Robertson. I just feel like he, he was maybe overperforming towards the back end of last season, and it might just also regress to the mean a little bit. I don't know why that 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 might just. It just feels like it's it's almost too perfect that Liverpool's left back situation has now been solved. Like that, oh. voila, ten million from Hull. It's sourced. Are forever. we not foreseeing? A dip in form for Salah, though. I must admit, I am. But what's the thing is, what's a dip if he scores? I mean, what was it? Forty-four goals last yeah. season. Yeah. If he scores twenty-eight, that's still a good season. Yeah. 
You'd like to think so, because as much as we'd like Liverpool to score 16 million goals like they did last year, I don't think that's going to be happening this time round. I also just, with Robertson, just to, still to clarify, I just feel the way Liverpool play, he was he played out of his skin last season, the way, and the way Liverpool play, the full-backs will be exposed, and he can't he can't be Superman every game, ultimately. I, Joe, can you be Superman with this answer? That's that's what I 100% agree with, Christine. He's either, either Robertson or, I think, Trent. Yeah, because, Trent was the, me for one. Because of the way Liverpool play. And but Trent's not going to be playing all the games, is he? Perhaps, you know, perhaps not, but maybe that will be down to form and he'll come out and Clyde will come back in. But I think with Trent, he's a 19-year-old lad and he's bound to have dips in form, you know, every youngster does as they develop. So, yeah, I think Robertson, because of the, the level of performance and Trent... Because of the and because of the way Liverpool play, Ghosty. Uh, I might go for Dayan Lovren on this one. I was yeah. Lovren was the other yeah. one I was going like, to say. To be fair, the world's greatest defender. Yeah, so one yeah. of the world's one greatest defenders. He didn't great. say he was the yeah. world's greatest I mean, defender. It's not. It was Champions League final. He was fantastic, wasn't he? And he, he kept Ronaldo quiet throughout most of it. And then he had a superb World Cup and went all the way to the final with Croatia. His stock's never been higher as a Liverpool player, and it's just kind of primed for a little bit of a lull. I think. I mean, hopefully, I'm wrong, but. Um, Lovren's never too far away from the self-destruct button, is he? So maybe, uh, maybe I'll go for him on this one. Next question from Simon Price. That's a nice solid name. Uh, thoughts on stop pat- judging everyone's names. Well, you know, Who you should you? see some Ian Doyle. Ian Doyle. Yeah. What's up with that? Joe yeah. Rimmer. That's not even your real name. Can you Joe Sib is your real name. Can you so just, I'll just continue? Take, yeah, I'll just take that anyway. Yeah. Anyway, going back, Simon. Sorry, Simon. These people seem Simon to be. Simon says. <laughs> see, like I was trying to have the prices right, and we can do all the jokes on his name. All right. Thoughts. Christian, on a potential Champions League group placing, do we have the potential to beat a number of big teams in the competition in a row? Hey, yeah, they did it last season. I don't, I don't understand. I think the question is basically thoughts on what I think the group might be because you are our coefficient oh, correspondent. Right. So He's our pot correspondent, isn't he? Is, yeah. yeah, he likes balls, does Christian? Being plucked out of big, massive <laughs> canyons. <laughs> <laughs> right and then unscrewed and emptied. Uh, right. Anyway. Ghost just sits there the entire time, doesn't need stony face. Like, why am I even here? I'm just trying to keep a level of professionalism that obviously is lacking from you. So you've got the, the worst case scenario, I think we, we sort of had a, had a. It's Madrid or Barcelona, and then probably Dortmund and then into Milan. I mean, that is that would be an absolutely rock solid group, wouldn't it? But I mean, it, it's weird because I'd back Liverpool to get out of that, but it would have a massive knock on effect for the Premier League season because. What what was so good about last season for Liverpool in the Champions League is that they didn't have to play the strongest. They did, but they didn't have to go full pelt against Maribor away, for example, because it was Maribor away, Maribor at home. Even for the 7-0 against the Spartak Moscow, they were taking players off after 60-70 because even though it was a must-win game or must-not-lose game, they were 5-6-0 up. So I think that's where I've backed Liverpool to get out of any group, any difficulty a group. It's The knock-on effect it would have on... Uh, on the league campaign that being said we were saying this before in the office the the difficulty of Liverpool's group last season was a joke <laughs> in hindsight in Maribor and Spartak Moscow and even Sevilla but Sevilla beat United they did but you know let's face it they were they were one of the easiest to second seeds along with Porto um, Spartak Moscow beat Sevilla 5-1 I know but, it was, but, but then through with Spartak Moscow won all yeah, oh, suddenly, yeah. Spartak. This was a really difficult group. It was a miracle that they got to the final, let's <laughs> right. be honest. They won 7-0 in two, in two different games <laughs> in a group stage. Mar- Maribor, Maribor will probably be playing Steven Gerrard's Rangers in the next round. I was going to say how, Steven. Yeah. Then. <laughs> let's see how good Maribor are when they're playing Rangers. But 
so I think Liverpool, not that you do a hard group, but it'll be interesting to see what happens if Liverpool get a harder group, which inevitably I think they will, um, unless it is a locomotive Moscow, uh, Victoria Pilsen and FC Astana, for example, you know, just throwing three names out of, of the pots there. If they do get a harder group, how do they manage to adapt to those you know, high-intensity games every every other week? Gorsi, the second part of that question, how can Liverpool cope with basically being the targeted men this season? But the reality is, for me, they, they're always targeted because it's Liverpool, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. And I think by doing that, it's just to improve the options that they've got, improve the squad, which is what any big team does. And, you know, by by doing that, Klopp's able to, to rest and rotate as he pleases and still keep up, you know, the, the quality of the squad. So I think that's that's probably the best way of doing it. Joe, same question to you. The second part. The second part, yeah. Yeah, I... I thought, in what way would they be targeted? I think it's because let's, the Champions, the Champions League finalists, the the, yeah. yeah, basically that kind of thing. not targeted as in. Perhaps so. I think I think after Liverpool's spending so much in the summer, perhaps people will be looking to try and get one over them. But I think people are always trying to get one over Liverpool, so I think they'd be all right. Yeah, I also think that plays into Liverpool's hands. If yeah. they want to come and have a go, then they hit them on the counter. Yeah, yeah. interesting, interesting. Right, I love this question. Absolutely love this question. Not very topical, but here we go. Richard Johnston. I can tell That's from a his, good name. I was going to say, tell from his from his number at the end of his, his Twitter handle. Oh, He's go. either 33 or 34, basically. And he asks, was Andy Carroll's disallowed goal in the FA Cup <laughs> final in 2012 <laughs> wrongly disallowed? And how, if so, how much of an impact did it have considering Kenny basically <laughs> lost his job over it? Now, I was at that game. I think one or two of you was at it as well. Yeah. First of all, it wasn't wrongly disallowed because it didn't go over the line. And secondly, secondly, Doug Leash was we know was going to get sacked anyway, even if they won it or not. So that's that's an answer from me for that one. Can we, can we just play sliding doors for a minute though? <laughs> like there's a, there's an alternate reality here where the goal goes in. It's but free, it's not a goal. Two two. But it's not a goal. But, but, but with the rep because there wasn't goal line technology then, so the linesman could have given it. So this here's where we're into this alternate reality. And Jay Spearin makes it three two. Jay Spearin makes it three two in the last minute. And we are now, you know, Liverpool have got a team now which is captained by Jay Spearin. And Kenny Dalglish has led Liverpool to the fourth consecutive Premier League title with Charlie Adam in the midst of his midfield. And and Jaden Shakiri awoken. Paul, have you got anything <laughs> sensible to add to this conversation? No, I think you summed it up. To be fair, Doyle, um, great save by Petr Doyle? Doyle. 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 Ian. Doyle. Ian. Ian. Doyle. Ian. Yeah. Ian. Yeah. Well, you've been having to go everyone's name. I'll call you Doyle. The <laughs> <laughs> um, big man hits back. Yeah. No. Great save by Petr Cech. And who, who knows what might have happened? Liverpool might have went on to win that game if Callum would have scored, but he didn't. And you know, Liverpool left this, to ruin. That was of, that was of course the goal. Where in the press box sat next to me, James Pearce was up out of his chair, jumping up and down. And he was like still arms in the air when he realised, hang on, 10 seconds, 15 seconds, like they're playing on. Why hasn't it yeah. been a goal? To be fair, though, I, I, was, behind it was, the, a goal. Yeah, I was behind the goal yeah. that day and, and everyone thought that was a goal. And it was only go- I actually only just watched it again recently. Um, I saw the sort of put like really, a best. best uh, yeah. Probably not. He did everything right, Carol. He actually gets a lot of power on it. It was, it was like a best saves compilation. Boy, was that a good save! Like it is one of the best saves you'll ever see. It was so strong because if you go back and watch that, look how much pack power Carroll gets in that. Head Someone up. should have been running in for the rebound. That was my big gripe about it. I think Downing was there, like gesticulating, like. No, oh, it's not like Downing to back back away from the. Oh, no. Stop! No, Stop! Right. Okay, again, that's enough. That, no, no, that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> right. What, what no. a sub though, Carroll was that day. He come on and turned John Terry and not and then yeah. stuck it away. It was a great goal. That, that, yeah. That's what uh, we talk about. Storage against Sevilla. That's another one. The Liverpool's great forgotten final goals. What, yeah. what a mm-hmm. finish that was from Big Andy. A bit like Carroll and Reese's against Chelsea in the League Cup final. That was a cracker. 
the yeah, fact you're trying, you're trying yeah. to remember it now. I feel in Community Shield was supposed to hit you for saying that was a final. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Right, next question from Ivan, Ivanashi, it could be, it could be, or it could be Ivan Ash, or it doesn't really matter. Anyway, the question is, uh, how will Liverpool maintain the zeal charisma that they showed last season? Is this true season truly our season, Paul? Oh, no, I don't, think any, I don't think any Liverpool fan ever says that, do they? This is our year. I think it's just one of those things that Man United fans and Everton fans say to try and wind them up. I don't know of any. Worked though. <laughs> Given your reaction, what football fan doesn't go into the season saying like, "Do you think Man City fans are going? Oh, probably not going to be our year this year." <laughs> Everyone goes in, doesn't it? Thinking this, this we might be a good season. We haven't got a chance. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, why are we even bothering? Yeah. But go on, Paul. Um, <laughs> sorry, ask me the question again because I've got got a bit interrupted. Yeah. <laughs> the question is basically: How can Liverpool maintain the zeal and charisma of last season, take it into this season, and is this season going to be our year? Our being Liverpool. I mean, it, it will be tough because Liverpool scored 120-plus goals last season, didn't he? And you don't do that every year. Um, so that, that'll be the first task. But I think they've, they've got enough in the squad to, to push on and, and basically improve on fourth. It's, it's going to be another difficult task in the Champions League. But I think they've kind of... I think where they, they were kind of looked at as, as lesser lights by, by some of the big teams in the Champions League last season, they certainly won't be in this upcoming one. So I think there will be a bit of a force again in Europe um, and with that comes being targeted as someone's already mentioned but I think just, just carrying on as they are. I mean, Jürgen Klopp has got the team playing exactly how he wants and, and he'll just go again, as they say. And, uh, to be serious for a moment in terms of this season, you don't want to be too pessimistic but you don't want to be too optimistic. I keep on reading all this, the season previews 4-4-2 rates and post things like that like Liverpool's second Liverpool's second Liverpool's second a couple of even said oh I think Liverpool might win it first I do still feel like Liverpool are sort of it's still in the balance because for as good as last season was they have to do it again this season they have to there will be an inevitable drop off I wouldn't say like a dip but there will be a drop off surely to the, the output of Firmino Mane and Salah there will be injuries there will be there are there are, there are as many exciting questions as there are worrying ones in terms of, you know, can Robertson and, and Trent sustain the form that 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 they, they took into the second half of the campaign? Can Dejan Lovren continue his renaissance? Uh, you know, there's others. Will, will Milner? Will this be a season too far for Milner? You know, can they get lucky with injuries with the front three again? Because let's face it, Bar obviously towards the end of the campaign and Mane towards the the, the start. They were fine. There's obviously the other the other side. The question where can they get even, Van Dijk get even better? Will the new signings completely and utterly solve every problem Liverpool had? You know, can Daniel Sturridge come in and 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 basically be the number two striker that Liverpool need? So, as excited, I think everybody's looking towards that side of things where it's the improvement side. But we have to be prepared as well that there might be a regression in certain areas. So, just be prepared for it maybe not to be this natural. In, you know, incline that we're that, that we're expecting. Fence sitting there with Christian Walsh, Joe. I I think there might be a quite a little bit of a change in style, in terms of like like you both touched upon. You you really aren't going to see Salah is not going to score forty four goals again. I I'll put my house on Salah not not better in forty four goals again <laughs> almost in his career because it's so difficult. So like you said before, Doyle, if he gets twenty eight goals then that's still a good season. So that's where I think that we see a, perhaps a more conservative Liverpool at times, perhaps away from home, and a more solid Liverpool because they've got the players to do that now. 
and I, and I just wonder whether we might see drop a drop off in certain players in terms of output, but not in Liverpool's results. And um, I think that's the best you can hope for, really, because you you're not really going to have three players on such good form as they were last season almost ever again. But you need the rest of the team to step it up, and I, and I think they're capable of doing it. That that is the incline for me if they can change style slightly, and find a way of winning without relying on three players to drag them through every game. This but team's more capable of winning 2-0 than last season. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, not, they don't need to win fours and fives, do yeah, they? Yeah. Final question then, and I'll answer this one first because I've had a bit of time to think about it because you don't know what the question is. This is from Ricky, who says, Right, lads, no excuses. Predict the top six in order for the 2018-19 EPL season. He loses a mark <laughs> for calling it EPL, by the way. That is just no, that's a big no-no. That's American, then. That's, that's a big no-no. Yeah. So I was, was going to call him Rick High, but Rick then I've seen he's, he's, not, he's clearly not from around these parts. Or well, England, I should yeah, say. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, anyway, right. Uh, so I'll go first. I'll go first. One to six. City. Liverpool. United. Tottenham. No, sorry. City. Liverpool. See, it's harder than you think. And I've had time to think about it. City. Liverpool. United, Tottenham, Arsenal, Chelsea. Joe. Can I give you heart and head or just no, just, just head? Just, just one answer. Uh, City, Liverpool, United, Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal. Paul? Uh, City, Liverpool, United, Arsenal, Tottenham, Chelsea. And finally, Christian Walsh. He's going to say Liverpool first. Go on, say it. Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> he just can't help himself, can he? His heart always rules his head. Liverpool City. Liverpool City. It's Tot- hard because we think that Arsenal are going to do better than they did last season, but it's... Liverpool City, Tottenham, Chelsea, Arsenal, Man United. Ooh. Man United 6. Have yeah. you got Mourinho just completely six. falling apart? I think, I, think it, I think it could. I think the wheels could fall off there. Mourinho gone and, by November. And, and on that bombshell, we shall bid you farewell. Thank you for this. I think it's been quite fun, hasn't it? We will be, we'll be yeah, doing it. We'll be, I, don't, yeah. I don't know about the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, 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 the proof will be in the pudding. Uh, join us next week where we'll look back at the friendly in where is it? Dublin, Dublin, Dublin. against Napoli and ahead to the game against Torino and finally the start of the football season. Cheerio. And, and deadline day. Oh, yeah. Don't say that. Before we go, I know, I know, I know, I know what Joe's going to say. And he's got a very special announcement. Go, Joe. Before we leave you, and I know we've already said goodbye, but do, if you're a listener and you're you're local, you don't have to be local, you can fly in from the States for it if you really like. We have got a special Blood Red Live Q&A and quiz night on at the Baltic Market um, on Wednesday, the 8th of August, the day before deadline day, a couple of days before the start of the season. Um, Neil Fitzmaurice, who joins us on Poetry Emotion podcast, will be hosting it. James Pearce will be there on the panel, as will Chris Payjack from the, the Redmen TV and Dan Nicholson, who is um, involved in Boss Night. So it should be a Boss Night, so I hope you come along. And it's only a fiver. We're throwing in a free beer. All the Echo lads will be there, probably not Doyle. <laughs> it'll be good, so, yeah, yeah. Enjoy. Cheerio. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.